Hey, this is David Howard Thornton. You might know me as Art the Clown for the movie Terrifier, and this is Without Your Head. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Trista. And we're joined by filmmaker, journalist, model, actor, puppet maker, Emma Dark. It's very good to have you back. Hi, you're right. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. It's lovely to see you. You as well. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to get back to uh, Freight uh, Frightmare. Fright Fest, yeah, I was thinking of it today and uh, um, when we went out for that meal with Tim Dry and Barbie Wilde and your giant um, cocktail that you had. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was like this big, literally, yeah. yeah. I had two of them too, I had one before you, you came along. <laughs> None of that anymore. But that, that no. was a good time. How did you know Barbie and Tim before that? Because they introduced um, I don't know actually. Um, I don't know where I met Tim, but I did, had met him before that. I'm not hundred percent sure I'd met Barbie before that. But um, yeah, I don't know. You know, you, you go to these events in London and stuff, and you meet all kinds of people there. So yeah, yeah, I had met him before. That's a huge yeah. uh, for people who haven't been. That's a huge festival, uh, multi-screen. And uh, people are really loyal too. Um, even for because sometimes when I go to the bigger ones, when I go to the smaller ones, there's like a community aspect, and then you think maybe there wouldn't be in in a big one. But uh, there was there too. There's even a guy who had a tattoo on his arm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True dedication there. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a freight first tattoo. I don't. No. No. Sorry to say. Yeah. yeah. And maybe get a without your head <laughs> tattoo. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, what, what have you been wor- have you working on anything currently? Well, I worked on Dorio last year, which you know about. I, obviously, the audience might not know about that. Yeah, we'll but um, yeah, that was so as soon as the kind of quarantine and stuff happened in the UK, uh, one of my friends, uh, Nikolai Cornham, phoned me up. Um, to be honest, it's the only time he'd phoned me up. <laughs> so I thought like... You know, on Facebook, when you can accidentally dial somebody. Right, right. Like, I mean, I accidentally dialed you when we were having yeah, a conversation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it happened again a couple more times. So I thought, oh, you must actually be wanting to, <laughs> to chat with me. Then. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I had a conversation with him and he wanted to put together like a little anthology, um, obviously around the whole COVID-19 thing, uh, but horror stories, all tasteful, of course. Um, so yeah, I made this kind of J horror for that, but it all had to be shot on a mobile phone. Obviously we're in isolation. So I had to shoot myself, which is hard because I had nothing. I couldn't see what I was doing. So I literally had to record a clip, go back, check it, reposition myself, reposition the camera, et cetera, et cetera. Although amazingly, it only took an afternoon to shoot it. It's only two minutes, but you know, considering all the, kind of hassle as it goes yeah, to shoot you it multi- you, think it take you played both roles right <laughs> unfortunately yeah I mean literally because there was no other choice really um, you know maybe if I was better at After Effects or something I could have you know got somebody else to know. film that and put it in but yeah yeah it works okay yeah um, when you're filming yourself you know and you have all these limitations do, do you think that actually helps you as a filmmaker though overall you you know learning different techniques I think so I mean every time you do something so I go out and do like little test pieces with friends and stuff I go out and do photography with friends every time you do something you will learn something about composition what works with what light etc and if you're making a short film you learn all kinds of things like so if I wouldn't normally do sound design and I certainly wouldn't from a, for one of my kind of bigger budget festival films, somebody else would do that because it is a dark art. But for this, I had to really kind of get in there and do that. Um, so I learned something about that. Um, yeah. So every time you do something, you are learning something new, no matter how big or small the project is really. So that came out as part of the anthology. It did, yeah, the isolation horrors. So there are four, yeah, I think four other films as part of that. So all different, um, all shot on mobile, and mostly self-shot, uh, but not all. Nikolai's stuff looks absolutely fantastic because he's a really good cinematographer. So um, yeah, no, it's just quite a nice little anthology, really. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did all of you know what you were going to do so you didn't do like a similar story or were you all just left alone to to create your own? No, nobody knew what they were going to do. So the context was Nikolai had this wraparound kind of feature where he um, his his character in this short found this face mask in the street um, and he was ringing up different friends to find out where this face mask had come from. Um, and then it would go into our individual stories. So it didn't have to kind of, that, that was the only tie in it had to have was that initial having a call with him and, you know, having that, that tie in to do with the COVID. So. And now uh, Gorio's up on it. Uh, you put it up on uh, YouTube. 
I did, yeah, separately as well because, you know, it's new material and, you know, I'm not like a, a YouTuber. I can't make something every week. So um, if I've got something, I like to put it on there, although it is occasional, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What's the feedback been for the for the anthology itself and for your short? Yeah, pretty positive, I think, really. Um, lots of people have liked it and uh, different comments about different shorts in it. I mean, they are all very different both visually and in context, there are some comedy elements in there and stuff, which I haven't got in mind, at least not intentionally anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, people have said mine slick and stuff like that, which is good considering I'd always been quite against mobile cinematography. Um, just because, you know, it's not very um, flexible really, which to my mind makes it a bit more difficult to shoot things but obviously if somebody hasn't got other kit then they would go for that and I mean yeah there's some pretty good stuff we've got some pretty good shots so maybe my mind's changed on that a bit but I don't think I would do kind of a longer short with it but yeah yeah Uh, would any plans to revisit Gorio to do a you know a longer one or do a no, no, because I mean, it has got that. It's got the typical kind of thing with a Japanese lady in white, you know, the ghost kind of thing going on. Um, and yeah, use of technology and things like that, which we've seen in some of the other films, you know, a curse that just never, never stops. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would take that further because it is to do with COVID 19. And at some point in the future, you know, hopefully it's not going to be an issue, um, right. which would make the film a bit redundant if you were to make a feature, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, Trust, do you have a question? I'd love to know what some of your favourite horror films are. Yeah, so I haven't got like a specific favourite or like a bunch of favourites. Um, I think most people that know me will know I like Chucky. <laughs> uh, I really like the you Chucky You fit in film. with Trista, yeah. <laughs> do you like them, Trista? Oh, I love Chucky. Yeah, yeah. It's so cute, but, you know, obviously so horrible at the same time. <laughs> but, yeah, I particularly like, yeah, Child's Play, the first film, and The Bride of Chucky. I'm quite interested to see what the new TV series will be like as well. Um, Candyman as well is another favourite film of mine. I'm really looking forward to seeing the new Candyman. I'm as well. um, so is my, my mom, who bought a new Candyman shirt oh, to right, wear nice. to uh, Candyman. Yeah. Yeah, your mum is super cool. <laughs> she is. I'll tell <laughs> yeah. her. I'll let her know. That you said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it looks really good from the trailer and the, the animated short and stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. I just hope they've got enough of Tony Todd in it. Yeah, so. I think they've kind of kept it, you know, which is cool, kept it kind of a secret. But I, And the newer trailer I mm. saw this week at the theater, like, you could definitely tell it was his voice. Like you could in some yeah. way, this one was very clear it was him. Yeah, I kind of get the impression, and I mean, obviously, you know, it could be proved wrong because it's coming out very soon. Yeah. <laughs> that there are like, you know, there can be different instances of the Candyman. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a different take thing. on it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But it, I mean, I'm very hopeful. It looks great. So the trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I love Candyman too. Uh, with Candyman yeah. as well, and uh, so. Yeah, and all the trailers, yeah. even the ones that, like you said, kind of the puppet ones that aren't really necessarily about the the movie or don't, yeah. I don't know, maybe it is, but they look they look great. 
Yeah, that'd be great. And it's, I mean, if you've, if, if you've watched that, uh, yeah, the Shadow Puppet short film, it's quite sad as well. So I'm glad they're bringing more of that element into it, that realism. Um, yeah, I know with the first Candyman, I've watched quite a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff to do with that. And even though um, it's about persecution, the producers, as far as I understand, were quite against having the interracial relationships at certain elements of that on screen. So yeah. hopefully that's something that won't be an issue now. Um, and I would like to, to see more of that as well. Yeah. That's what makes it really strange. There are some horror fans I see on like uh, social media who are like, oh, I hope they don't put too much social commentary or whatever. And I was like, have you yeah. ever seen the original movie? Or like, I don't, you know. Yeah. Or any horror, yeah. almost all genre of films have social commentary and, you know. Exactly. You, maybe you don't notice it, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another film, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily gain it's pure horror, but The Crow, it's one of my favourite films. Such a beautiful film. And I, re I really hope it's never remade. Yeah, it would be. It's a, yeah. There's a, Sometimes they'll surprise you, but usually it's uh, they don't. Usually. No, no. And I know it's not exactly the same as the graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I know there are missing elements and things that were changed and stuff, but I mean, you know, it's, it is a masterpiece. Um, and Brandon Lee did die making the film. So, yeah, today we make it, leave it as it is. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Now, you did a Candyman puppet. Yes, yeah, so I've got him sat next to me. Do you want to see him? I would love to see him. Okay. I have, to, I have to try and. Uh, Show him properly on screen, which is quite difficult. Oh man! See, I've not actually he's seen been, him next to you. So and, I didn't um, realize he was so big. Wow! Yeah, he's quite big. So if you can just about see, because I can only see like a little thumbnail on screen. So. <laughs> That's great. No, he looks great. Best piece there as That's well, and he does have a little. Um, he does have a little hook hand, but that's kind of detachable. Oh wow! Is yeah, amazing. I didn't want to build over his little hands, so yeah. But yeah, and he, his mouth opens as well. I don't know if you can I see his it. teeth. Wow, yeah. this is really beautiful. Yeah, I kept his eyes kind of like whited out, like the shadow puppets and the animation as well, just so that it sort of had elements of all the different Candyman films in there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. was this something you you also did during COVID, or yeah, because obviously, um, you know, it's quite limited as to what you could do in, in lockdown and stuff. Um, and I bought a puppet from uh, somebody who does this professionally, Twisted Tug Studios, for my next film. And when I got the puppet. I thought it looked so beautiful. I'd like to have a go at making them myself as well. You know, just, just for myself, not to sell or anything. Um, and then I just bought one and started sculpting over it. Whereas like you, you have to use like epoxy clay, mm -hmm. which kind of chemically bonds to it and stuff. So you've only got a small window to sculpt in. Um, yeah. yeah. Then obviously I've painted them up with acrylics and stuff like that and varnished them and, uh, you know, got all the, little clothes and everything and I had to sew his cravat and his trousers which took so long I had to do all that by hand so um yeah quite a few things going on but yeah I wanted something f fun to do so obviously I made this short Gorio mm -hmm. and then I thought okay what else can I do while you know, we're kind of not really allowed outside stuff yeah mm -hmm. exactly make a puppet 
Yeah, there so must I've, be. I've made two any, of three of them now, actually. Did you have any background in sculpting, or was this all something? Mm, I did a sculpture course about 15 years ago with terracotta clay, but that was only about four to six lessons, something like that. So, yeah. Oh. So do you have plans to uh, continue the puppets? Yeah, so I've got another one to show you. I just need to pop okay. Candyman on the floor. <laughs> just give me one all second. Right. Otherwise, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get surrounded by too many of the puppets. Yeah. So this one, I haven't put anything on social media about him yet. And I've still got to do all his outfit, which to be honest is going to be very, very complicated. So you can tell me if you recognize this one without his outfit. Hmm. He looks great, but I, I'm trying to, is it a uh, skinless frame? No, no. So this is what you the outfit. I see. I see. Yeah. So it's dark, man. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah, Liam Neeson stuff, yeah, man. So he's the, the um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have to get out to be honest, <laughs> but I'm going to be able to do the bandages and the little Mac and everything like that. But I've got to oh, make and adapt clothes, so it's going to take time, unfortunately. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, there's his little hands need painting and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I can get him. Now that you once you say it, I definitely see it. But he, he is yeah. one that I because th- uh, he's also um. I don't want to say like a unknown, not unknown character at all, but he's, uh, you know, he's yeah. not one of the main guys you would think of. So I think I personally, I think that's cool. Yeah. To make ones that you, that you personally like. Yeah. He's not one of the, the main ones, but weirdly, because I wanted to do something that required a bit more sculpting this time around, I was trying to think of a character and I, Freddy Krueger obviously came to mind, but I just thought there are so many Freddy Krueger things. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do something a little bit different. And I quite like, you know, with Candyman with the long coat and stuff like that. And then I thought, yeah, how about Dark and I think Man? that makes it more personal to you if it's a character, that, you know, yeah. that's, that's uh, important to you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, nobody else has seen that because it's just taken so long to um, try and source all these clothes. And I'm, it's going to take me days to do all the clothes. So then I've got to photo shoot them all. And, <laughs> how, about, yeah. how about making the clothes? Is this something you've done before? Um, I did make the costume for Island of the Blind Dead, that film that I made in mm-hmm. what, 2015, whenever it was. Yeah, so I did make that. But trust me, I'm no seamstress. <laughs> I'm not good at this stuff, <laughs> which well, is why it takes me so long, you know. No, um, it's amazing, amazing though. Uh, would you? Yeah. Uh, are you eventually going to make uh, maybe like an original character for a movie or a short? I would like to, yeah. I did I did kind of think, like, because I've got that ventriloquist dummy puppet for my next short from Twisted Tugs, I thought I, thought I could have him sat with other puppets. Mm-hmm. So then I could, like, just make endless puppets, couldn't I, really? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It takes time. Yeah. Um, and obviously when we were locked down, I had much more time than I've got now mm-hmm. to make them. So, yeah, but my candy man, I think he took at least a solid week, at least a solid week. See, to me, that doesn't seem that long to make something like that. So I think that's very impressive. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it would be like months, like it took me six months or something. Yeah. No, well, I mean, I literally worked on him solidly for that whole week. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Magic with Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a long time ago, actually. Yeah. I I can't say I remember it entirely, but Mm -hmm. I did like it at the time. So, 
Yeah, the movie itself is good, but the trailer uh, is one of the not to be a tough guy, but it's one of the few things that yeah. scared me because I watch horror movies since I was a little kid. But the trailer yeah. always really scared me. It's just the it's only like eight seconds. He says a little like rhyme and yeah. it always freaked me out. Yeah, I can't remember, even though I've watched it. I have watched the trailer recently. Yeah, it's like but, abracadabra. I sit on your knee, presto, yeah. changeo. And now he is me. Yeah. Pocus, pocus, I take her to bed. Then, oh, magic is fun. We're dead. You'll remember this very well. Yes, yes. it's very yeah. creepy. I, I was like, yeah. I don't know, five or six. And, and we had a Hugo, the, the, it was a ventriloquist yeah. doll. Uh, my older brother had it. And so he would scare me with it because I was scared from the trip. Mm. Yeah, like. But anyway, that reminds it's, me. That's well, quite scary, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So I think I'd be freaked out with all the the dummies. Yeah, you'd probably be freaked out in the the room that I'm in. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I also have to apologise because I told you before we started recording, I've had COVID recently. So if my voice breaks up, it's because of that. Um, yeah. But anyway, in the room that I'm in, I've got my backdrop up at the minute, but behind that, there's full of puppets <laughs> like Billy from Saw uh like the yeah the good guy doll um tiffany bride of chucky all kinds of annabelle they're all going on behind me yeah what is it about uh about creepy dolls that you I like don't know, they're cute yeah why not it's like reliving your childhood isn't it but sort of in a twisted way right <laughs> i approve i have a bunch of goofy stuff back here yeah I well i really dolls. like your stuff actually yeah i'm sort of looking at that as we're uh as we're talking, what's that pig in the corner? The which one? It looks like a Cenobite pig in the corner. Uh, up here? A painting, yeah. Um, this, this, this painting here is from Motel Hell. Okay. Uh, Annabelle Lecter painted that for my birthday one year. Yeah. Um, anything I like else? it. It's very nice. These aren't really horror, but I put them up for fall. They're little, uh-oh. up this fall. They're just little uh, gnomes I bought at a local yeah. store. They were fall gnomes, and I thought they looked cute, so I put them up there. I'm just moving family yeah. opera because he's falling at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a spotlight, I think. He did. I guess Creepshow wanted to be displayed. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? I do have a question. First, I have to tell you I'm so impressed by these puppets. I have nothing to show for quarantine, and I wish I had made amazing puppets. <laughs> Um, they're beautiful. Thank you Thank for sharing you. them with us. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, you. I'm of, of course. Um, I'm always interested in what scares horror creators. So, do you have any fears or phobias you can share with us? Not particularly, to be honest. Um, I'm not scared of things like spiders or anything like that that people might be scared of normally. Um, yeah, no, I don't know actually. That I do have any phobias. Oh, one th one thing maybe. Um, I don't like seeing skeletons with their eyes in necessarily. Mm. <laughs> I find that's actually creepy. It's creepier than just having a skeleton. Yeah. Have you got one? A skeleton with their eyes in? Sort of. Yeah. No, that's that's not scary. That's <laughs> not <a flesh> <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like when you see skeletons with their eyes in. Or like brains, like yeah, 
Is it um is it Robocop two where the brain comes out of the I can't mm. remember the name the mo- name of the model of the robot they make to combat Robocop. Do you remember? I know the robot, but I'm not sure the yeah. name of it, but yeah. Yeah. That freaked me out a bit. <laughs> on the brains I'm thinking uh you could see like um in Pet Cemetery when the uh when the kid gets hit, not not the little kid, but um, yeah. Pascal gets hit. Uh, I think his brains are coming out. Yeah, see, that's not that's not too bad if some if it's like that if it's just a brain mm-hmm. and it's gone sort of like when they make it and it goes a bit jelly like that freaks me out. I see. Very very particular. Yeah, it has to be <laughs> very particular. <laughs> but apart from that, I don't think I have like all the normal fears that people would have. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, um, I didn't know you were a big fan of Chucky, which was cool because uh, Trist yeah. is too, but also something I thought would connect you is uh, I saw you have a very big cat on uh, on your Instagram. Oh, she's not big. She's tiny. Yeah, she's oh, really? She looks big. She or looks... maybe you're very small. I think maybe, big. yeah, maybe I'm like quite small. I don't know. She's tiny. Yeah. Um, my friend's little boy saw her recently and thought she was a kitten. So, Oh really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's quite small, but she's quite long. And I did have her sort of stretched out. So <laughs> yeah, it was a cute picture because you're holding her and she's just kind of looking at the camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got some like uh outtakes actually with her putting crazy faces. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cat's yeah, name? That Argento. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like Argento. Mm-hmm. Um Dario Argento, obviously. H yeah. Argento, yeah. Oh, uh, speak Argento. Who would be some of like? Um, what are some of the movies or filmmakers that made you want to become a filmmaker? I don't really follow filmmakers specifically because it's more about the films. I mean, you know, it really you can't say um, a certain director because work does change a little bit depending on you know what production company you've got and how much involvement they've got the script you're given etc etc um so i wouldn't say a specific filmmaker but if we're talking about kind of very very kind of artistic influential work maybe somebody like kubrick which is probably going to be you know an inspiration for a lot of people Mm. um not just me so tarantino um you know his work is reasonably consistent. He does seem to change or, or want to change with each film, what he's doing. Um, he's somebody I admire as but well. You could still watch him and like say, oh, this is a Tarantino movie. Even yeah. If it's a, you know, maybe a different setting or something. Yeah. Yeah. With him and Kubrick, there's, there's quite, most of the films are quite consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are loads of directors that I like where, you know, I like some of their films or um, I like their approach and stuff like that. Now, I know you uh, do a lot of uh, sci- sci-fi um, shorts as well. Do you have a preference yeah. between horror and sci-fi or do you just kind of see them as the same? Yeah, I mean, I prefer horror. However, um, I think there are a lot of aspects that aren't always explored and get explored in sci-fi films. Um I don't know if you look at um, Salient Minus 10, for example, it has got horror elements, mm-hmm. like with the corpse and stuff like that. Um, and that is more the kind of thing that I like to do. So more of kind of a thinking film, but with the horror 
as part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Most people will just put that in the sci-fi category. Um, but for me, it does have the horror in it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's something we bring up a lot on the show to me to argue over genre of anything is kind of yeah. silly. It's just if you like it or not. And uh, almost all, yeah. not all, but a, lo- a lot of things can be considered, you know, multiple genres if you wanted to pick it apart. Exactly. I spoke to somebody the other day and they said to me, Oh no, I don't like horror. I don't like horror. I like sci-fi. I like alien and <laughs> okay. event horizon. And I was like, okay, that's horror. <laughs> yeah. It happens to be in a spaceship, but it's, uh... yeah, exactly. But I think some people, they might think horror is just either about ghosts or about lots and lots of blood. So yeah, I find that well, both those have a lot of blood though, too. And uh, yeah, Event exactly. Horizon, uh, oh, I mean, arguably it's about ghosts too. Yeah, yeah, it's extreme in places. And there's all the lost footage, isn't there, of the kind of the hells like type scenes. Um, yeah, there's always rumors they're gonna, you know, release like a different cut of the movie, but they can't though because it'll burn in a fire, didn't it? Oh, okay. Well, I guess so. Then. Yeah, unless somebody man, I did hear a rumor at some point that somebody did have that footage, like a really dodgy copy of it you know but mm-hmm. it's never surfaced so i think it's a bit of an urban myth really yeah so uh, you also read for uh, we belong dead magazine yes i do indeed yeah so uh, tell us Got about that to... yeah yeah so um i just need to put i've got another puppet in my my arms here let me just oh, okay. him down <laughs> for one second yeah i can show you that we belong dead magazine put that in front of me there we go. Very nice. Great yeah. cover. Beautiful. So, yeah, and it, there are some really nice covers, actually. Um, so this mainly focuses on classic horror. However, my column doesn't focus on classic horror. It's kind of all different things. Um, and what I like to do as well is I like to take uh, questions from readers as well and answer those. So they can be about filmmaking or they can be about um, horror and sci-fi, basically. Something's in theme with the magazine. Um, Yeah, and I talk about what I've done, basically, in that sort of month, month and a half. Obviously, not much in quarantine. (laughs) So it would be things like making making the puppets, what I've seen, what I can recommend (laughs) to people, you know, on Uh Netflix and things like that, books that I've read, horror books. and I read a really good one, actually, really, really relevant by Graham Masterson called Plague, which I, I recommend people read. And it just started out uh, with so many similarities to the whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't end in a good way. So, you know, did you read it? It's not really during... a spoiler alert. It's, right, right. <laughs> did you read it during horrible. COVID? Yes, I did. Was that, uh, was that a difficult read to read during that time? Not really. No, it was an interesting read. It was just strange how accurate that he'd got a lot of things. Um, yeah. And you just think, you know, if something like this did happen, you know, it could very easily go to the kind of extreme lengths that he's gone there. It's a bit like if you crossed COVID with The Walking Dead, that's kind of what you've got with that book. Um, and I think there's a, there is another one. I can't remember what that's called, though. Uh yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I need to to read that one as well. I think, yeah, something to do with famines or something, the next one in the series. Mm-hmm. So you said you uh, recommend, you know, stuff you've seen on Netflix or different streaming sites. Yeah. Uh, anything recently that you would recommend? Uh, Blood Red Sky. 
that was a really good one. Um, oh, there was another one that I watched, which was a kind of time travel one, which I can't remember the name of. It was something to do with something like Don't Let Go or something like that. Or never let go. I'm not sure the title along those themes. You can find it. It's in the the new ones that have been released in the past month. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. Really well made. Um, I watched a Dennis Nielsen documentary the other day as well, um, based on tapes that he'd recorded in prison after he'd been convicted of murder. That was quite interesting. So I'd recommend that. Um, apart from that, I don't know. I've kind of been in a bit of a haze with the whole kind of COVID thing. Um, and I watched a bunch of Russian sci-fi movies my friend sent me in the post, which were really good, like like modern films. Um, again, which I can't remember the names of, but I would definitely be recommending those. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a Russian science fiction film. Yeah, well, I mean, apart from stuff like Tarkovsky from years ago um but nothing i hadn't seen anything modern mm-hmm. and it's yeah really big budget really interesting films so cool. i definitely recommend yeah that's a good thing about the festivals yeah. and a lot of the streaming sites i know you said a, a friend sent this to you but yeah. um, a lot of stuff that you might not have ever seen before is you know it's out there we we, we can see more yes. than we used to be able to exactly oh yeah another one that escaped me the swarm that's really, really good. Really good. I'm not her. I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one either. Mm. It's about, I think uh, they're uh, locusts or something like that. Um, it wasn't very helpful after I watched this, like <laughs> this horrible film, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then I had a cricket outside my window, which <laughs> did freak me out. A bit, so. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a swarm cricket. of crickets, but yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Use the lookout to bring in the rest, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tristan, do you have another question? You mentioned an upcoming project with a puppet. Is there anything else yeah. you can tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So this is kind of the next uh, like bigger film that I want to make. So obviously the last festival film that I made was um, Salient Minus 10, which is a few years ago now. Um, and then I had a bit of a break because... It just takes so long to make them. Like I'm literally on these things for like 12 to 18 months doing so many different things on them and then taking them around the festivals and everything. It's quite exhausting. So I'm not kind of making one every two minutes. Um, but yeah, I do want to make another one, which has obviously been delayed because of the circumstances we're all going through at the minute. Um, and that one I would like to make as a feature. And, you know, that's entirely dependent on whether I can get budget um, but if I can't, I would like to make that as an anthology. So I could, at least I can make one of them as a short or I could perhaps make a trailer of everything and try to get the funding that way. Um, but yeah, the puppet will be in there in one of the um, segments and it will be horror. So, yes. It's very exciting. Yeah, so, not revealing too much there, but um, yeah, it's all dependent on whether I can get the budget. Otherwise, again... It ends up as a short, but by the time you put the amount of effort that you know I've I've gone to with most of these shorts, you may as well have made a feature. So that's a good point. Tim. Yeah. When you started out, did you um did you want to be a filmmaker? or Did you want to be an actor? Filmmaker. 
So I actually come from a modelling background, as you mentioned, and I did modelling for years, mainly for uh, photographers and like creative um, groups and stuff. But I did fashion stuff as well. Um, yeah, it was fun and interesting, but you're not in. Con- you get great pictures and you're part of a creative process, but you're not the controller of that creative process. And then off the back of doing that. I ended up doing some acting like with the Kim Wilde music video and a few other music videos and stuff for a friend of mine. Um, And I've acted in a few things since, but really when I went into uh, making my own films, it was with the intention of being a filmmaker, but it's quite difficult. You can't just suddenly jump from having a fan base that's built up from modeling and, you know, the bit of acting and stuff like that to suddenly being completely out of the picture so, you know, you have to kind of keep yourself front of camera as well. Uh, maybe now I wouldn't need to do that. I'd probably just like put myself in a cameo or something rather than being kind of a main role in a film. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a gradual process, really. Otherwise, you know, you can't just completely do a U-turn and expect everyone to to like everything you're doing if you're not in it. And that's part of what you were doing before. Would you sense. say most of the the your old no older but original fan base yeah. uh, were supportive of you uh, going into making films? I think all the true fans were. Um, I did see a, a, a drop off of quite a number of fans engaging with stuff when I started to do the filmmaking. Um, you know, again, if you're a fan of something, say you're a fan of somebody in their uh, horror actor or something and all of a sudden they start doing something quite different you might not be as enthused to engage with their posts so yeah I did see that and that's natural it's going to happen um but for the majority there are a lot of people that were behind that and I think you know the the fans there are now are stronger if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah it's a different thing but i used to have all the all my stuff on one youtube account and a lot of the rest not all of them but some of the wrestling fans would be mad that there was horror stuff and then some of the horror fans would be they wouldn't be mad but they'd be confused that there was the wrestling stuff you know intermixed with everything so that's why there's two separate uh youtube channels exactly well i think that makes sense really and for the reasons you've said and i've said you know like if you're trying to combine things or completely flip the switch on something you can't expect people to necessarily like the next kind of thing you're doing. So there might be people that hate the puppets. There probably are, you know. They may so, be scared. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I won't put, if anyone hates the puppets, I, I don't know if you need, if you need them around it. Anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing, honestly. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? Do you have any advice for aspiring creators? Yeah, I would say basically get out there and do it. But um, it is competitive. There are loads of people making films um, of all kinds of types of films, all kinds of budgets and stuff like that. There are festivals that will play, um, you know, a niche market or a range of films. So there will be a festival festival out there for most people's films to play at. Again, you know, even though um, I said mobile filmmaking probably isn't my... Um, you know, it isn't something I would necessarily want to go into. It is something that's available to most people. And if you've got a good story and you've got the eye to shoot it, you can make something really good. Um, so, you know, if people are kind of 
sat there and not moving ahead with something because they think they've not got a fancy camera and all this kind of stuff. Well, don't worry about that. Use what you've got, but just use it well. Um, and yeah, don't, when you've made something, don't kind of expect to sit there and amazing things to happen because that rarely happens. Rarely things are picked up like organically and go viral like that. So if you want people to see things, you have to be there approaching people saying, oh, can you review my film? submitting it to festivals and unfortunately you know they do cost money so you need to have a little bit of budget there for that um yeah that's probably the best advice so go and do it do it well with the kit that's available to you and make sure that you are out there knocking on doors trying to promote it and don't expect you know sort of like this this viral organic thing which happens only to a very small number of films and then um, yeah. if you do actually make it, it's out there as opposed to just in your head. And then, um, yeah. you know, later on, maybe you could get, you know, other equipment and stuff. Yeah. Or just like make it as a short. So if you, if you had an idea for a feature, but obviously you don't have, I mean, you can make a feature on a small budget, but you're really, really relying on your friends and contacts, putting in so much time and effort, um, you know, over an extended period of time for a feature which is a big ask um, for a lot of people. So if you've got a feature in mind, maybe write the feature, but make a short film version of that. Get your short film version around the festivals. See if there's interest, you know, which there might be, and then you can make it into a feature. Um, when you said about some of the fan base, um, you know, some of them not going, yeah. you know, along with uh, you making movies. How about your yeah. family and friends? What did they think of you, you uh, moving from uh, modeling and, and different things to... I want to be a filmmaker. Yeah, I think they're all supportive of it. Um, I don't think anyone's ever said anything bad. Um, I think probably they know my kind of drive and motivation to do things and do them to kind of the best of my ability. And for me, it's just a natural progression because the modeling thing, although I'd actually always wanted to model because it is fun and it is nice, you know, having those pictures and stuff like that and being on magazines and stuff like, you know, all those sort of kind of things. It is cool. Um, it's not that creative from the model's point of view. And when I started to do that, I joined a meetup group as a photographer and they thought I joined as a model. So I kind of fell into it that way. Um, yeah, so I don't think anyone uh, has anything negative to say, only positive things to say, really. That's and good. I mean, I've certainly evoked a lot of friends into things. <laughs> <laughs> over the years so <laughs> yeah i like the new hair by the way thanks very much yeah yeah it's changed several times over lockdown <laughs> yeah i think it's changed several times since i've known you but yeah well before that it was long and black and mm -hmm. like i mean at one point really long like super super long almost down to my hips long and it was like that for years just the same constantly and um yeah, then I then I cut it shorter and went a bit wild with it. So it's changed several times now <laughs> over the past few years. Well, it looks good, I think. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where can people uh, find your shorts and uh, or anything yeah. that you're doing? Probably the best thing to do is just go to my website, which is emmadark.com. And there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. If people want to um, find out more about me, they can do that. If they want links to all the short films, they're on there. Uh, there's more information about the short films on there. There's links to all my social media on there. 
Um, there's a press page as well, which has got links to all of the interviews that I've done that I can remember about on there. <laughs> so um, if people want to learn more, they can go through all those as well. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on there. So that's a good source for everything, really. Cool. So another thing I do want to ask, though, is uh, we've been doing Decade of Decapitation on the show, which is the best okay. horror films of 2010s, the 2010 decades, 2011, okay. 2020. Do you have any? Yeah. Uh, I probably should have asked you beforehand. You could have been pre- yeah. prepared. But uh, do you have any that uh, stand out to you for that decade that would be the best of the last decade? Oh, I, I honestly like don't ask me to put years to films because I'm not good. I know when I, when we were putting our own together, <laughs> a lot of movies I I thought were going to be on my list. I'd look them up and they'd be like 2003 or something. I was like 10. Yeah. Years I mean, the first thing that came to my head when he said that, because I did watch it quite recently, was literally all of the final destination films. But yeah, I think probably, they were early 2000s. Yeah. They might even be, a, might they be might even be 90s. Like, uh, the first one. I think some of them might have yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I rewatched all of those recently, which is fun. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite franchise? Um. Well, Maybe. I mean, I would say Chucky. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, because I just, I just love the Chucky films. They're great. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. go wrong with Chucky. It's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. Must <laughs> <laughs> well, have been very fun, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, and I hope you feel better. I hope so, yeah. I'm almost getting there. The voice is still a bit, and uh, yeah, still getting a bit tired, but yeah, almost there now. And looking forward to more films and more puppets. Yes, exactly. Yeah, more coming at you soon. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Thank you. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you so much. Thanks, both of you. Thanks, bye. 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 From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the Tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have listened. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. The